Oh, what is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. How are you doing this week, James? Oh, good, mate. All good. Good, good. You're getting high on E numbers over there, as I can see. Yes. That is a very, very, very blue drink that I have served. It is very blue. It's bubblegum drink, James. How it is. That's, that's how we roll here. It is. It's taking me back to my childhood. <laughs> it's not Panda Pop, though. It's not. If only it was Panda Pop. Right. If it was Panda Pop, I'd currently be sprinting through your screen. Your- <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very true. They were just rather full of sugar. Speaking of full of sugar, I am drinking a good old British cup of tea. But yes, how has your week been, James? Have you been up to much at all? The usual, Jason. The usual. The usual work. We have been gaming, though. Which we is, have. Which is good. And you... Now, finally, finally, James, have done some 30k hobby, have you I not? have done some 30k hobby. What hobby have you done? That's I have question. completed all the infantry. Nice. So what's left from the initial purchase that you made, what, two, two, two months ago at this point? Uh, one dreadnought, one tank. That's actually not too bad. Yeah. And then the extra tank that I bought at the same time. Yes, and last night I believe you took delivery of another Dreadnought. I did. We, we now have bets going on as to how long it's going to take you to actually get to building said Dreadnought. But, uh, that will, as I said to you last night, that will entirely depend on how long it takes me to source some foam for them. Because I do not possess foam for those kits. Yes. And I won't build them until I have foam. It's a very good idea, to be fair, because they're not exactly cheap models. And I, I've done that in the past and ended up just having models breaking left, right, and said, I actually ditched a load of my Dominion models that I purchased, built, got halfway through painting, and then basically left them to, to sit there. And then when I was cleaning up the other day, I found that half of the bits were missing. So I was like, oh, well, these are kind of pointless. Yep. So I never played with them. That was a lot of money down the, down the drain, really. And yeah. Not, not, not so good. No. But yeah, how did you find building those? Like, because obviously it's been years since you built a GW kit. It has. How, were they any better? Instructions um, good on these. The instructions are good. I actually find they went together quite well. Yeah, I like the little, um, just the little aids. I mean, some people say the way that they've gone detracts because they're slightly more difficult to like unique pose. Mm. For example, like the arms, where the arms attach to the body. There's now a little pin to make sure you get the arms lined up yeah. properly. So when you attach the gun, for example, which is really good because it means that you'll actually build your models properly. But it does. I mean, obviously, you've got to cut it off if you want custom poses yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's a fine balancing act for what people is. So do you make an easy to build kit yeah. or do you make it super customizable? No, I can understand people's frustrations because I, I i am one for it. i like my models to be unique mm. but at the same time i never ever complained when whenever i bought kits like that yeah um, and it was the same with the marvel crisis protocol they're built for one pose yet almost all of mine i ended up modifying in some way so that they looked different yeah um but that's what you get if you want something unique at the end of the day especially when i obviously haven't come to the vehicles yet but for the infantry, like I said, it's just a little lug on the yeah. thing and there's a hole on the arm so that it lines up and the arm is at the correct yeah. angle. It's like one... Snip the lug off and fill the hole with a little bit you of green stuff. Need to, you wouldn't even need to fill that. the hole, just one swipe of the hobby knife and the lug's gone. Yeah. And then you can pose the arm however you want. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, there you go. James has done some... Uh some hobby we've been playing games we played a particular game last night which is the game that we're going to be talking about today which will be dice 
Forge. Indeed. Now, we're not going to get on to that straight away because if you remember, James, a fair few weeks ago, we introduced a new segment. We did. Which is where we talk about the game that we played this time last year. So now we're going to do that. Ooh. So, do you remember zoography, James? I do remember zoography. Have your cha- have your opinions changed on it at all? Because this is a game that we actually have played a couple of times more, but not a great deal. No. I've got to admit, I still really like it. The ironic timing of this is not long after they finally gave us some details, uh, or should I say pictures, of up-and-coming expansions for that game so the real question now james is we have played it a couple of times i know my opinions on it still haven't changed i still really like the game am i to buy the expansion or am i not it's you so i'm gonna lean heavily towards the yes i think i will there's space in the box and from what i've seen so far it looks pretty good there you go the game we played last year was zoography it's still a big thumbs up for me and a thumbs up from you well if we're being completely bluntly honest we haven't actually played it for a long time so i'm gonna have to go with yes yes i mean it's been months since we played it but i know we've played it since Hmm. unlike i think it was inesh that we talked about last time why haven't we played inesh jason we hadn't played that because i spray painted the miniatures and then never bothered to paint them however james i have since then now painted the miniatures. Good. So we are able to get Inish back to the table. Yes. Mr. Genius here sprayed all the miniatures the same colour and then went, ah. Yeah. So if you spray something, make sure you paint it. But anyway, yes, that's zoography. Shall we get on to the discussion about Diceforge? Let's do it. Okay. So Diceforge is a lightweight to medium weight open drafting die modification game released by... I apologise in advance for mispronouncing this. Libelude, I believe it is pronounced, or Libelude, in 2017. The game is for two to four players aged 10 and up, with an estimated playtime of approximately 45 minutes. And at the time of the recording, this game, James, can be purchased in retail stores for as little as £30. In Dice Forge, players are tasked to build your own dice to maximise end game points. To do this, players will have just one base action per turn to spend their collected gold to purchase new die faces or spend your procured sun and moon resources to purchase powerful cards which will give you anything from end game scoring to limited powerful dice faces and even to effects that can be triggered in future rounds. That's a quick rundown of the game, what the objective is. But what comes in the box, James, when you buy Diceforge? Okay, Jason. Contained within the box are four hero pawns, four chest tiles, four hammer tokens, eight single-use tokens, 96 heroic feet cards, one round tracker, one first player token, eight 100-point tokens, 20 coloured resource markers, four hero inventory boards, one island board, eight divine dice, 108 dice faces, uh, a temple board, a temple sleeve and securing band, one hero aid, one rule sheet, and one fitted box insert. Oh, yes. So this is another cheap game, James, where we're talking about quite a lot. Yes. Within the box. Now, I am going to kick things off talking about the components. Because, James, part of my flaws in life is I like to criticise people. Mm. 
And I like to criticize companies. And one of the things I really like to criticize board game companies for are horrendous inserts or lack thereof in more cases than not. Can't do that with this game, can you, James? I can't do that with this game, James, because this game comes with an amazing insert. And I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna put my neck out there. I'm gonna put it out there and say this is one of, if not the best standard insert I have seen that comes with a game ever. Yep. This insert is amazing. It is. Everything has its own place. Everything is separated. So even down to the cards. There's different types of cards within the games and they all have their own separate locations. The board slots in nicely and doesn't move. The player pawns have a nice little hole that they sit in so that they don't move. The cardboard tokens are all cut out perfectly. The individual dice have their own sections. James, this insert is amazing. Yep. And there's even space in there for the expansion. This game is from 2017. Yep. The insert is ahead of its time. And more companies need to pay attention to this because this is literal perfection when it comes to the, it's not even like a, a vacuum formed insert no it's actually quite tough it is yeah it's a very very tough plastic it's a good job i'm not doing the meeple rating just on the insert because it would be a 10 um, and i, I want to go into a bit more because yeah there are other things with this game but the insert i'm starting off with that it's amazing james what are your thoughts on it because this is an organizer that can sit on the table yeah as well it's I not mean, just yeah, a box it is the best design insert i think i've currently dece- seen that comes as standard mm. with the game like you said it, it's made of hard durable plastic which isn't going to break everything slots place perfectly you're not going to struggle you can't you don't struggle to actually get the stuff out of the insert no no not so and and it fits sleeved cards <laughs> It's like they've listened to every criticism you've ever made <laughs> and gone, well, we don't want to irritate this guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wasn't even around on the scene at that point, but you know, yeah, top marks really yeah. for, for, for the box organization is absolutely fantastic. I really do love that. However, it's not all about the box organization. Oh, game, really? So. I thought that, I thought we were leaving it right there, mate. <laughs> you know, it's got a box insert and it's good. We're done. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Anyway, let's move on to the other components, the actual components for the game, because believe it or not, James, the box insert is not used in the game. So visually, James, what do you like about the components and uh, any any highlights for you? The components are all great quality for a start. Mm-hmm. You know, the boards are nice and sturdy. I love the art style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the player boards are all punched out, so all the resource trackers slot into it, so they're not going to yeah. slide so off like that. So they're not dual layered... However, they they sort of it's the top layer of a dual layer, isn't it? So it's yeah. missing the bottom layer, but because it's punched right through, it still sits there and won't move. Yeah, which, which is what it needs to be. Yeah, you know, uh, the space for the die on the player board, everything's nice and clear as to what it is. The extensions which you can purchase are made of the same material, which all slot in as well. There's, there's even yeah. cutouts that fit yeah. in, in um, perfectly for, for all the expansions where you expand your player board. There's a nice cutout, you know, the the, um, the forge, which is a card, mm-hmm. slots into a nice slot at the top to keep track of it. The main playing board is nice and sturdy. The um, the temple, I think it was called. Yes, it's, the temple. Yeah, yeah, it is made of like plastic, and all the dice faces slot into it, which is mm-hmm. really nice. Um, the dice themselves. Um, the dice faces are made of plastic, as are the dice, um, and they come off really easy. I, I love this aspect. 
it's, modular it's, it's dice. Very, it's very Lego-esque, those dice, yeah. aren't they? Like Even when you take the one of the, the faces off, you've got that classic circle yeah. attachment that you will find on a, on a Lego brick. It is a Lego brick with little lines on it so they can't be sued. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it's basically a Lego die. Uh, any of those of you that have played the actual Lego games, the Lego board games, it's the same die, basically. <laughs> it's basically the same one. But yeah, I, I love it. Even down to the detail where if you're changing a die face, the die faces have been designed in such a way that they are designed for you to hook under yeah. the one that you're removing to easily remove it and then clip the new one on. It's yeah, like there's it's kind two- of got like a chamfered edge to it. Yeah, and which yeah. is a point which you can use to just... Exactly. Because you know, your, your copy's been played quite a, quite a bit, so they have loosened a little bit. Yes. They still stay on really well, but it's loose. not like I remember when it was a fresh copy, they were a real pain to actually get off until you pointed out to me that it's like, no, you just... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it's, just, it's little things like that that really stand out to me in games where they've, you know, they've, they've sat down and engineered yeah. these kind of things to go, well, we want people to remove the die faces. Well, how about on the back of it, we engineer it in such a way that you can literally hook them under. Yeah, but I bet, I would stake money on that that came from playtesting. More than likely. That, oh, oh, we're supposed to change it. Yeah, these things are a real bunk. Because I bet they were just squares originally until mm. someone went, it's really hard to get this off. And someone and someone who actually probably has a background in engineering went, I know how to solve that. Exactly. Component quality-wise, it's, it's all very, very good. I, I've got no complaints whatsoever about mm. the component quality. Visually, as you said, the art styling on this is lovely. Theme... I mean, it's got a nice sort of storytelling theme in the sense of the dice that you're rolling. You're rolling for divine blessings. So they're divine dice. Yes. You know, gifts like, from the gods. Gifts from the gods and stuff like that. So the theme is there, but it's very sort of, I guess, flimsy. Yeah. It is probably a word I would use. It's it's, it's a nice theme to have and it works, it but could it could be, be anything. from Yeah, from the art style, it, it's kind of, I'd say it's a mixture of some some of the older mythologies combined with pure fantasy. So mm. like think Greek gods, but not Greek gods because yeah. they can't, I don't know if they, they just chose not to use that, but it's more of the fantasy style. But it's that, it's a Parthenon of gods and the dice are blessings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, visually, I think it's really good. I will mildly comment on the box itself because all the art styling inside the box is lovely. I have no idea whether it's because they ran out of money but the box, when I say is very beige, is not an insult. The box is literally beige, bar one little logo on the front of the box. And it's it, it's just very plain and boring. I passed by this game so many times on the shelf because it's just like it looks beige and boring. And trust me, in the UK, we went through the years of beige. Yeah. And we now try to forget that the color even exists. So <laughs> beige is not good. However, once someone sat me down to play it, it was actually a very good game. I, I went and bought it. But yeah, the box is very boring. Yeah. So that's a bit of a shame. But once you're inside, that's where the excitement comes. Now, there's a new section that I've added into my components section, James, that I want to talk about. And I put this in because it's something that I judge all games with, but I never really mention it. And that is rule books. Cool. Because... It's something that has to be brought up from now on, I think, because the fact that rule books are so integral to these games, at some point or another, every single person that plays that game is going to need to read the rule book. And if they are not good, 
then it's probably our duty to say now dice forge is actually a rule sheet it's not a rule book which is good that's a good start because this game is very very simple i think the rule sheet itself is incredibly well done it's well illustrated everything is done by numbered points everything comes with illustrations it gives you the setup and the the way to repack the box on one side and then on the other side is how to play the game, which is really expanded. It even tells you how to, you know, pop the tiles off and stuff like that. Yep. So I'm going to give them their credit. The rule sheet on this one is good. <laughs> Can we actually give them some props, Jason, for not only including a box insert, but including instructions on how to use said <laughs> box insert? Exactly. And it's not exactly a difficult box insert no, to, to but understand. But someone has taken the trouble to go, if you want it to fit back in the insert exactly as you got it out, Here's the instructions on how to put it away. Mm, exactly. So, yeah, again, I have to give props to the rules on this. It is a very simple game, so that probably helps. I'm giving them a, a nice mark for that. The rules are good in this. They're easy to understand. Mm. That could be because the game is a very easy to game to understand full stop, which we will get to in the gameplay. But rules section for me, good. What about you? I'm going to agree with everything you said because you are the rulebook king. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But you tend to well, learn, you tend to learn the games from me. Out of out of our process, you are because it's you that sits down and initially learns the game. Then you teach me. Then we bring it to the gaming group. So for the most part, everything is is nice and simple. There is a game that we are going to be reviewing very very soon where the rules are not good and it's really hard to be family friendly when we talk about that but that's a future episode wonder what game you're possibly <laughs> referencing there jason yeah yeah look forward to that one we're gonna have that's gonna be a long episode yeah, you do realize it's been long enough now we actually have to play the damn thing again. yeah i know it's not good right one final section james for the components and that is quality james i think we've kind of covered this in short quality for you yeah it's great um one thing i also didn't say which i really like about this game as well is going back to the temple board mm -hmm. which is said it's hard plastic it's got nice slots for all the dice faces comes with a cardboard sleeve to slot over it and an elastic band to go around it to keep all the dice faces in when it's in the box exactly and just to add on to that one as well that cardboard sleeve also has the picture depicting where all the pieces should go because if you're in a four-player game a lot of those dice sides will have been used yeah so to know where they go back nice and simple yeah fantastic it's a big you know it is it's literally a picture of the board in one-to-one -one scale which slots over the actual board yeah it is perfect so there we go i think we've creamed enough about the uh the components in this game james let's talk about the gameplay the gameplay jason how do you feel about the game do you enjoy it yes. what do you like what don't you like i like the whole uh, as I've already said, the whole changing of the dice faces, mm. which is an integral part of this game because they start off with very basic sides. Uh, and the point is, is you want to be rolling good stuff. Yeah. So you have to upgrade your dice. Yeah. So, I, I, I really like that sort of... It, it's it's very sort of engine building. I was literally trying to think pseudo-engine pseudo builder. Pseudo-engine building, pseudo-deck builder yeah. kind of thing because you, you're sort of... you are essentially building a deck but not with a deck it's it's the dice it's the dice but you've got two of them so mm. your faces 
you have to think what your possible combinations of roles are, mm. and your two dice have to the faces have to synergize with each other. Yeah, I, I as always, I've I've broken mine down into pros and cons. For me, pro number one. The teach of this game is incredibly simple. One, because that rulebook is really good. Two, because the game is nice and simple. It's not deemed as a gateway game. However, I think it probably could be because it's that easy to teach. It's there very... are some mechanics in this that might be a bit difficult to understand if you have literally never played a game yeah. before. However, one to two turns, I guarantee you will know what you're doing. I would say gateway plus purely on the fact that i agree with everything you say about how simple it is but for a newbie it looks quite intimidating when it's on the table yes you don't know it's simple mm. you might look at it and go "Ooh, yeah that looks complicated yeah it's really not but first impressions yeah so i i would la- label it as gateway plus okay that's fair enough yeah I, I mean i would probably put it a little bit less than that but we're sort of talking lightweight to medium mm. type type of game here Another one. This is a massive, massive pro for me, and I think you will agree with me on this one. The downtime in this game is almost non-existent. Yep. Because of this whole... In fact, I'm just going to... I'll say it. I think it was a pure piece of genius to have all players rolling dice on every player's turn Yep. to gain resources, because that way... Okay, it's my turn. We're all rolling dice. Right, we're up in our, our thing. Then I get one action so the longest you're ever going to wait as another player is what maybe a minute do whatever my actions are and then everyone's rolling again yeah so it's not like i've done my turn right i'm gonna go and buy a drink gonna go and have a cigarette gonna go and do this come back right what's going on so no it's so integral that you stay sat down yeah at the table i love that i do love that you know maybe slightly longer if you use the mechanic where you get an extra action but yeah the downtime is minimal because Mm. as you said you're Roll a dice, take an action. If you're not taking that second action, next player, everyone rolls a dice, they take an action. Yeah. Do you know what? It's 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 almost as if, James, somehow you wrote you read my notes. Because the next section I want to talk about is actually strategic gameplay. Yes. And one of the things I want to talk about in that strategic bank gameplay is that second action. Yeah. Because you only ever get one base action. I have a feeling I know what the other thing you want to talk about in strategic action is. We, we shall see. Is it potentially knocking players off of spots? Um, not particularly, but that is that is something that we can talk about. So yeah, as as I said, st- strategic gameplay. I didn't think when I first played this that there was going to be much room for strategic play. I thought it was all yeah, because it's a dice based game where you're rolling dice. It's going to be all lucky, a mirror trashy type game. However, I was wrong because there is a lot of strategy. You know. I could adopt a strategy where I'm going solely for changing die faces. Or I could adopt a strategy where I'm going solely for those cards, you know, the powerful cards, which are going to give me end game scoring. Mm-hmm. I could go for ones that do none of that, and it's literally just points. Even down to the dice, I could go for nothing but victory points on my dice. You know, th- there are so many avenues that you can go down in here, and I don't think you're penalised for any of them. No. They're all viable. Yeah, we, we played this game last night, and I think all of us, all four players, had different strategies, and yet we were all within 10 points of each other at the end of the game. Yep. So I think this is an incredibly well-balanced game. What about you? Uh, I would agree with all of that. It is, no matter which 
avenue to victory because ultimately you win this game via victory points. Mm. But all of those strategies you listed are perfectly viable. Yeah. You can't really, there's also, you can't really block people from their objectives. There is very, very minimal player interaction, mm. I think, within this game. Obviously, the dice, the die faces in the temple, they are a shared component. So I guess if there's one, only one of a particular one left and you might think, oh, well, I think James is going to want that. So I, I could take it, but, it, you know, it's you could, it's a bit mean, pointless. At, at that point in the game where there's only going to be one, because you're talking about, also talking about the high, mm. it's the high, the 68 and the 12. Yes. That are really worth it. And I'd argue, really, it's only the 8 and the 12 that are yeah. strategy breaking. But by the time they're empty, even in a four-player game, it's damage control rather yeah. than yeah, you can't exactly. really stop someone from getting their objective. You can only limit the damage. I mean, the other good thing is, I mean, you're talking about the, the 6, 8, and the 12. For, for reference of that, that's the cost to buy those die faces in gold. Mm. And they range from 2 all the way up to 12. Now, someone could go solely buying the 8s and the 12s, which are really, really powerful. Yep. However, you still have to roll the die. Yep. So there is still the element of luck. So I might have four sides of all four of the four, the 12 costed ones, which are really powerful. Yeah. But there's still two sides on that die that could be basic. Yep. And what are the odds that I'm going to be rolling them? Because I'll tell you what, after the game last night, I'll tell you what, those odds are yep. blooming high. Yeah. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to discuss in strategy section, Jason, because I've got one, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, of course. The fact that you can't overrun your scoreboard unless you buy an extension mm. tile. Yes. And you'd think, to be honest, because all of them go up, you know, the, the gold goes up to 12, the the sun and the moon, they go up to, I believe it's six, you know, and you th- you sort of think to yourself, oh, well, they're, they're quite high numbers. They're, that's not going to be easy to do because you're rolling on every player's turn, if you get gold on yeah. your die every single day, the amount of times yesterday, I, I it came back to my turn, I had the full gold. Yep. And I probably could have had a lot more if I'd extended my board. Or bought the forge. Because mm-hmm. then there are, you've got the extension board, which adds another four gold and three stones. So yep. it'd be nine stones, 16 gold in total. And you've also got the forge card, which you can dump extra gold into yeah, for, which yeah. translates to victory points at the end mm. so there that's normally i don't tend to go for the extension board if i'm honest no because i find it quite reasonably difficult to overrun the sun and the moon stones yes yeah gold however it it's very like i normally try and grab the forge early on just as a place to dump excess gold yeah because it's by far the most common dice face yeah yeah i mean obviously that sort of adds into the replayability aspect of this for the record. The Forge is part of those cards that will be changed yeah. in different games. So you can, that won't always be there, but when it is there, it's a fantastic option to have. I kind of regret not buying it in the game we played last oh, yeah. night. Yeah, the I amount, like you said, the amount of times I was wasting gold rolls. Yeah, yeah, I, I was exactly the same. Um, so we alluded to it a little bit. I'm going to talk about it now. Another strategy that you really have to think about in this game is that whole, I've only got one base action. However, there is a mechanic in the game where you can spend two fire in order to have a second action. Now, the reason that that would be a strategic thing is, as you guessed, with the fact that their track only goes to six, means that those particular symbols are incredibly hard to get. 
in the game, especially if you haven't upgraded your die to have more die faces with those symbols on, because you start the game with one of each. Yeah. And it's very, very minimal. Very, very hard to do that. Do you think that's a viable strategy? I mean, I, I use it a couple of times where it's like more towards the end of the game where I'm just sort of like, I could really do with that die face. However, I could also really do with that incredibly powerful card. However, I could spend two fire in order to do both. Yeah. That's where I think it really comes into its own. It does. It's either really early if you had a really good first roll or really late is when I tend to use it. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, so that's another. Str- I mean, we could go on about strategies all evening. Yeah. Games. You know, they're just a, a small handful. Yeah. And I think the last one we have to cover because it is, again, it quite important, is mo- yeah, the cards are laid out on the main board. Mm-hmm. You all start in the middle of the board on the little centerpiece, and you move your player's pawn to the island, we'll yep. call them, where that card is located, and you spend its cost to get it, and you stay there. Yeah. So if someone else wants to go there, they have to knock you they off. They have to knock you off. But if, and if you knock someone off, they come back to the center but they get to re-roll their dice yes. and claim the faces. Mm. So, yeah, there's a bit of strategy involved there as well. As I really do want that card, but... I might. If I if Jason, for example, has got some filthy dice faces, <laughs> do I want him re-rolling those dice or getting an extra roll, considering he's about to roll them anyway when yeah. my turn ends? Yeah. So, yes, lots to think about. However, because it's only one action, for the most part, maximum of two actions... Mm. I don't think analysis paralysis is a big thing in this game. No, uh, but you are, because you're rolling dice and then someone else, I don't know about you, because uh, and that's all you're doing until it gets round to you. In a four-player game, I've already, I already know what I'm going to do yeah. by the time it gets round to me. Yeah, because there's very little player interaction, it doesn't, you, you can plan something. And the very rare occasion where, you know, because for the most part, like the cards on the on the field, for example, there's usually four of each. Other than the really high-costed die faces, there's four of each of those. Yeah. You know, it's very, very, very rare and probably more late game that, that someone's what actually, you've planned to do... Someone has blocked. As, exactly. Yeah. It's incredibly rare. So I think the player interaction side and potential for hate drafting is almost non-existent. Analysis price is almost non-existent. Yeah. Downtime, almost non-existent. I've, I'm struggling to find negative things to say about the game i have got a couple but is there anything negative that you don't like because I, I think when we were talking about project l for example you didn't so much like it at the higher player count yeah do you think this one suffers from the same problem no i don't i think it's um it is a very different game mm. at high and low but i think it works with both yeah because there are rules to scale it mm. for, for the, like for example with the two players i think you do a double roll at the start and get double the blessings yeah i think in a three-player game you do one less round yeah if i remember correctly and then the four-player game you you do the lot but you only do the one roll that actually leads me on to what to one of my cons and that is that for me it feels just just a tad short the game feels a little bit short it's a 45 minute game Mm -hmm. it's almost as if it's 15 minutes too short and i say that because you know me by now. My favoured playstyle, shall we say, is change all the dice sides and become really powerful with dice and gain points late game. 
Yep. With a strategy like that, what I find is I get to maybe the turn before the end and I finally get where I want to go. And it's like, yeah, right. Okay, cool. Oh, game's over. Yeah. It's almost as if like I need one, maybe two rounds more yep. for everyone to, to really feel like I've achieved something. You know, is that just because it's me going for a certain strategy? Uh, I, I do feel the same, but I have a question because mm-hmm. I don't know much about it. Do you think that's something the expansion would solve? Because you have mentioned that there is space in this. Well, do you know what? I actually don't know that much about the expansion. Um, I never looked into it because I wasn't sure that this was going to be a game that would get played all that often. Mm. However, it's proven me wrong. And I've heard lots of people say good things about the expansion. So I am going to look at the expansion for this. If we do get the expansion, might be worth us having another chat about that in the future. Indeed. You mentioning the expansion does lead me on to my other con, which is the concerning factor for me that this game has limited replayability. Mm. Now, I'm not saying under any circumstances that I am bored of this game because I'm not. However, there's the only real way to change the game are those cards around the island. Mm. And there's only so many of those. I think there's two different sets, basically, and I guess you can mix and, and all that. That adds replayability, but like the die faces, they're always the same. That never changes. Mm-hmm. It's just those cards. Well, you get, it's the creatures down the bottom. Yeah, the, every the special time, die faces. Every time we've played it, we've played with the times three. Mm. And I don't know what these other four actually do. Um, well, three, three of them were in the game last night. Were they? Yes. <laughs> Like, for example, the, the the green crest question mark, if you roll that, you get to look at someone else's die and go, I'm, I'm using that. Okay. Uh, the times three, it's pretty obvious it's times three, whatever the other dice was. Yep. Some of them, as you can see down there, is you get both of those effects. So it will give you, I think it's like a, a resource and victory points or or, yep. or whatever the other ones are. Off the top of my head, can't remember what the other two, two are there. But yeah, the replayability aspect for me comes in with those cards and i think that's what i would want from an expansion is more replayability mm. so providing the expansion gives me more replayability i think i'm going to go in on it but yeah any any negatives for the game that you don't like before we move on to final thoughts no i think we've yeah. covered everything like i said cool. I, I do fit like to echo what you said but I do feel like it needs a couple of extra rounds mm. Because I've also had that feeling of, oh, I've set up perfectly and the game's over. Yeah. To be fair, that is something that a lot of engine builders suffer with as well. Wingspan is exactly the same. Yeah. I finally get my engine going and, oh, it's the end of round four. You know, it's it's uh, it's always that way. But yeah, final thoughts, James. What do you think of the game? Who do you recommend it for? And is it good value for money? I think this is a, a brilliant game. I'd recommend it for players of all, all ability, though the more advanced players will probably tire of it quicker than the newbies. Yes. Yeah, I think I'd agree uh, with that. Because it is, on the whole, a fairly simple game. Mm-hmm. Good value for money? Uh, yeah, I think 30 quid, I think it's a steal, considering yeah. how good the comp- uh, component quality is and you'll get enough gameplay out of it to, va- uh, to w- make it worth your 30 pounds. Nice. Cool. Um, so, yeah, for me, Dice Forge, really fun, fast-paced, easy-to-teach game, much like... Project L, which we talked about before, this game sits nicely for me inside that sort of filler, laid-back main event game. 
it is quick enough that it can be played at the start or the end of the night, same as Project L. But as we proved last night at Game Club, it also filled the main event nicely with the small box games taking the role of fillers. Mm. So it can do both. I definitely recommend the game to fans of lighter weight games. Maybe fans of like fantasy genres, I guess. It would probably fulfill a need on that. Um, has that nice sort of storytelling aspect of it. Maybe a little bit of fluff, you know, in 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 the book would be really, really cool with that. Now, as we said, the, the copy we've been talking about is solely the base game. I'm very interested to see what the expansions brings. I do hope it brings some replayability. But yeah, taken into the price point, I think this game is definitely worth it. £30, you can't really go wrong. It's worth every penny. It's not a game that's going to see the table every week maybe not even every month but i think this game will never be able to sit on the shelf long enough to gather dust yeah so i don't think it's going to be a shelf of shame game so for all of those reasons my meeple rating for this game is going to be 7.5 i'm going to go in eight you're going a bit higher than me i'm going to go in for eight okay interesting i just enjoy the game Mm. i think it's worthy of the eight and the Definitely, it's a 7.5 for gameplay and quality and that extra 0.5 just for the thoughtfulness in the design. Mm, there is definitely a lot of thought that's gone into this design. So, I mean, I, it'd be interesting to see when we revisit this in a year's time or even when we get the expansion, whether my mindset will change. Mm. So that that will be an interesting one. Will it be one of the first games I change my opinion on? Who mm. knows? But yes, that is Dice Forge. It's a fairly old game, James. It is. Five years old. We haven't done a game that's been older for a little while now, so it's nice to go back to some of the older games every now and then. But yeah, Dice Forge. Have you guys played Dice Forge? What did you think of it? Are we completely wrong? Are we 100% right? Have any of you played the game with the expansion? If you have, is it worth it? Let us know on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or the Discord, which all have links in our podcast description. Thank you guys for joining us once again for another game highlight episode of the Meeple Minded Podcast. How do you think this episode went, James, with our discussion about Dice Forge? Yeah, I think it went really well. Looking forward to playing the game again in the future? Or are we going to shelve it for Mm. a little while? What do you think? Uh, I think it will get shelved for a little bit because obviously we played it quite a bit for the podcast but mm-hmm. i don't think it will stay there for long i know we've got uh, a few more games which we're going to be uh talking about in the next well month or two i guess one particular one which i know we both keep putting off playing and uh we won't say what it is but it starts with dice but uh I, it's a shame because i've been really looking forward to doing that game but after that last play i'm not as not as keen on it as i once was indeed but uh, hopefully we'll find out that we were just doing something wrong. But we hope. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I don't think we were, though. But on that note, should we play a game, James? Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Till next week, my name has been Jason. And I've been James. And you've been listening to the Meeple Minded Podcast. Join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Ta-ta. Goodbye. Yeah.